Blog Talk Radio. Now let's join Holly Steffi and Red Velvet Media as we explore the inspirational worlds of music, media, and more. show is called Cooking on FB, and I have my partner in crime that helped me do this, my mom, on the line with me. Say hi, Mom. Hi. <laughs> hi. And, hi. Um, <laughs> yeah, I want to let everyone know that cooking, um, um, okay, first of all, 
we're, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Cooking on um, FB was originally named Cooking on Facebook, but because of Facebook and its privacy policies, I renamed it Cooking on FB. And um, it started really with my mom and I talking about recipes. But I want to say real quick again, this is Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio. The chat room is open if you want to call in. And I did invite a few chefs and a few people that are bakers and stuff like that to call in. And if you decide to call in, great. The call-in number is 347-677-1036. If you want to talk with either myself or Viz, um, um, you can call that number and we're more than happy to talk to you. But in the meantime, welcome to Cooking on Facebook or Cooking on FB. Sorry, let's say Cooking on FB. Let's do it that way. Right, Mom? Yeah. Yeah. That's so, better. yeah, so Cooking on FB, we are on Facebook. And if you just type in Cooking on FB, it's there. We also have a website, which is cookingonfb.com. And um, we do have a blog, but for some reason, our blog is lost. And what's really cool about our blog is we actually personally have our signatures on there um, at the end of every single one of our recipes that we put up there. And um so let's talk about how this started, Mom. Um, you and I were talking because she likes to cook, I like to cook, and we're always doing something in the kitchen. And sometimes she'll send me recipes, and I get recipes from her, like her um, sausage ring, which I'm going to have her tell everyone about. Um, but um, So that's kind of what it is. And like what I thought cooking on FB could be all about would be like imagine like all your friends – and your family, and all the different recipes that are handed out around, right? Like, you know, mom, like George's mom's sausage ring and all that. I would never have gotten that if I hadn't have asked. And so it's kind of okay, like... I have another one. I have another one. Oh, I want to hear it. Yeah. I want to hear that. Cookies from his uh, grandma, grandma Meredith. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Yeah. So, we're, so if anyone wants to get... Um, a pen and paper and start writing down some of these recipes. Or what I want to tell everyone is um, if you go to cookingonfb.com or email either myself, Holly, at cookingonfb.com. And I'm also going to um, um, cr- I'm creating an email for you too, Mom, um, Viv at cookingonfb.com. Um, and email us any recipes or anything you want to submit because what we're doing eventually is we're going to take all these recipes and compile them, and um, we will be putting them in a really cool cookbook. And that's something that I talked to my mom about, and we were talking about doing. Um, so let's get into food. Um, let's see. First, uh, how did Red Velvet Media get its name? It got named after my favorite cake in the whole wide world. Everybody knows I love Red Velvet. And I was talking about this just like five minutes ago on the phone with somebody that called me, and they were asking me how my company came to the name Red Velvet Media. And I said, you won't believe this. I like knew about Red Red Velvet like years ago, and and this my Red Velvet Media has been around way before Red Velvet ice cream shampoo wine, I whatever. I mean, red velvet's like hot now. And now um, you said blue velvet and green velvet too and pink velvet. But um, I named it red velvet because it was something I really loved and I enjoyed. And um, 
So that's how Cooking on um, FB got its um, thing and how Red Velvet Media got its name because it was going to be called Red Velvet Media, um, Red Velvet Entertainment. I said, no, Red Velvet Media. And uh, Red Velvet Media is now doing shows and... um, and then we created Cooking on FB. So, Mom, tell everybody yeah. a little bit about, um, like, you know, like how our love for food and how we do this. Because, I mean, you know, there's just so many different recipes, yummy recipes we can share. Um, I want to hear about, you know, the so- let's, why don't you talk about the sausage ring thingy first, and then we can go into okay. um, um, other stuff. Yeah. George is my husband, and it's from his uh, mother, Iola. Mm -hmm. And uh, you just take a loaf of frozen white bread dough, fallen. Mm -hmm. uh, I used pizza dough last time. Was that okay? Yeah. This recipe is very versatile. You can do many things with it. And uh, then you take a pound of uh, mild Italian sausage, and then two eggs, a half a teaspoon of Italian herb seasoning, or one quarter teaspoon of oregano and one quarter teaspoon of dried basil, one and a half cups of mozzarella cheese. Jack can be substituted. One tablespoon of grated Parmesan cheese. Fresh is always better with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fresh cheese, yeah. And you remove the sausage from the casing and fry over medium heat until browned and crumbly. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you remove the pan from the heat, drain the fat, let it cool completely. You beat one egg and add, a, add a, to the sausage along with seasoning and mozzarella cheese and mix it well. Mm-hmm. And then you lightly flour board or countertop, roll and stretch the thawed dough. It's hard to stretch, by the way. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, I know, unless it's like room temperature, and then by then it's already starting to get puffy. I had that right. last time, but... <laughs> I had a nice circle. I had a really nice circle. I took pictures. I think I sent it to you. Yeah. But go ahead. So you roll it out, and you put that, you take, you know what I did was I, I, I took all those things that you told me and mixed them all mm-hmm. in a bowl, and then I kind of like spooned it in right. to the middle. Right, that's what you do. Okay. That's and then what? You what? Do. Then you roll the dough into a log, pinching together the edges to seal it, and mm-hmm. then on a large gra- uh, grease baking sheet, you uh, shape the dough into a ring. And uh, when when the ends are together, you, you fill the ends with mix or adjust the mix into the ring. You know, you just work it around to mm-hmm. a ring and pinch the ends, make sure everything's closed up. And uh, then you beat the remaining eggs and you brush it over the ring and sprinkle it with Parmesan cheese. And uh, you let it stand or rise to about double size mm-hmm. for about 35 minutes. You bake at 350 uh, for about 40 minutes or until golden brown. And uh, what I like to do is serve it with a uh, sauce of some sort. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You so know, you can dip it. Dip it yeah, in. that sounds really mm-hmm. good. Um, you know what I did, too? I took a knife and I put a few little knife cuts on the top yeah. of the ring just because... Yeah. It gets really hot, and all that cheese in there, I explode in my oven. Yeah, my actually, time. that's what you do. I just, I forgot to, you know, tell you that. Oh, no, no, but no. No big deal. Yeah. No, no, no. 
but you know you know what I tried one time too because you know I love I love um Hawaiian pizza and so mm-hmm. basically I did the same thing with your recipe but instead of using sausage I used ham I sauteed the ham and then I put pineapple in it and the mozzarella cheese and I put it in the ring and did the same thing and it was so good yeah, so this is a great recipe for many different things. You could yeah. probably make it taste like a pizza with pepperoni. Yeah. So I'm like thinking I'm like thinking to myself like pesto and um pine mm. nuts and maybe chicken, make a chicken pesto ring or something. That might be good. You know, yeah. and then serve it with like a marinara sauce or something like that. And yeah, heirloom tomato sauce are coming. Yeah, heirloom tomatoes are coming into season. Oh, heirloom tomatoes are. Tomato. Oh my God! I know you're growing them this year, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> they haven't. So I keep watching them every day. Nothing yet, but they're you know doing well. So. Well, there's nothing like growing your own food too. That's like another thing. Um, like spices and um like I have I have a big thing of mint outside because I like really big on mint and I couldn't believe it one tiny little plant is now like overtaking this big big huge container that I have in and out of my car every time and um it's just amazing you know you use mint and tea and cooking and stuff like that but um so okay so we got the sausage ring and like there's so many different variations you can do with that and that was from uh grandma meredith what you said you had another one right yeah radio cookies uh oh tell me about those where are those yeah um it's from delphi meredith that's george's uh grandmother Uh and um you know back in the day they used to just have radio you know and so that's why they're called radio cookies. It's something that was on the radio. So it's an old recipe. And anyway, you use two and three-quarter cups of flour, quarter teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of baking soda, one teaspoon of cream of tartar, three-quarter cup of shortening, one cup of brown sugar, one egg, one and one-half teaspoons of vanilla, and uh, you preheat the oven to 375. You sift everything, the dry ingredients. Mm-hmm. And in a separate bowl, of course, you cream the shortening and brown sugar and add the eggs. And you combine the wet with the dry, mixing it well. And then you roll mixture into balls, flatten, and bake it 8 to 10 minutes or until slightly brown. And it's just a simple recipe, but they're so good. And, you know... What do they taste like? What's what's the like main flavor in it? Just a vanilla brown sugar type thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, so. see. I'm like really, you know, like for me, I'm I'm straight across the board. I like to cook everything and anything you could ever think of. And if there are any chefs out there, and I did invite, <laughs> excuse me, I'm sorry. I did invite quite a few people to call in um, to share with us. Um, if you want to call in, three four seven six seven seven one zero three six, and press one to speak with the host, my mom and I. So we're here. Um, I like him straight across the board. I mean, like for me, I like to cook everything. But some of my favorite things to cook, of course, is baking. And then also, then I'm a big salad person. Like. You give me, like, 
uh, salad to make. You tell me what you want in your salad, and I could make it like, you know, the best thing. I'm really, I really like arugula um, for a lot of reasons because it has a lot of um, vitamins in it. And um, you and I are both salad people. I mean, um, you know, I, I even, I even like roast my own. Uh, pecans with um, the cinnamon, you know, and a little bit of sugar or whatever, brown sugar on them. Throw those in my salad with grapes and um, some chicken and some uh, gargonzola or whatever, you know, if you don't like gargonzola, you can substitute with any kind of cheese you want. You got a salad there and, you know, there. I saw this one site, Mom, it was really interesting. It was like, you go there and you, if you like, don't know what to make for dinner. Go to this site, and it asks you all these questions: what you have in your house, and check off. And then at oh, the end, cool. it's got all these recipes of things you can make with the things you have. Like, mm-hmm. like if you have ketchup, or if you have eggs, and if you have this. I mean, some of the most bizarre things that you could think of to, like, make to eat, but they're still there, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, um, sounds like a good idea. Yeah, so um, you, liked, you are a crock-pot cooker. I know that. I've never really gotten into crock-pots, but um, why don't you share with our listeners some of the really easy crock-pot recipes you do, because whenever I've talked to you, you're always making stuff in the crock-pot that's really easy and probably hassle-free, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, if you've got a lot to do that day, and just to get in the crock pot. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. The, the main thing I do in crock pots is like uh, beef stew type thing or a roast. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, you just put, uh, oh, it could be um, a cheap cut of beef. Actually, it doesn't. And because you're cooking it for like ten or twelve hours, and uh, potatoes and carrots and onion and celery, a little water, salt and pepper. That's about it. I'm a basic cooker. Uh, I uh-huh. don't, uh, you know, put a lot of whole bunch of different things in it. Um, and then every year we do uh, on January first we do sauerkraut and pork. And, uh uh-huh. you just, Well, you know what I do on January 1st? I do black-eyed peas and ham, and I throw yeah, a penny I know in there. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the southern girl in me, you know? I mean, uh, yeah. it's funny. Um, when people tell me what comfort food is, because like, people, like, comfort food's a really big deal, right? Like, somebody, this is my comfort food. Comfort food for me, believe it or not, is grits. And um, for people that don't know what grits are, they're kind of like, oh, I can't even explain it. It's kind of like cornmeal, but it's white. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know. You can make it grits with, I always make different variations all depending on, like what I'm making it for. Like if my stomach's upset, I'll make grits with salt and pepper just and a little bit of butter. But sometimes I've gotten adventurous and I've taken my grits and I've added a little bit of honey to it or whatever. I, I'm i more of the experimental cooker. I like see things in my kitchen and, and 
I'll grab it and throw it in there. Plus, I have so many friends and that that, that are chefs and do catering mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And um, I've learned a lot from them um, on different things and 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 um, what things not to skimp on. Like, it's really important you use. If you if you really want to use, um, I personally use unsalted butter in everything I cook, only because mm-hmm. in Europe that's all we had, and then now here it's like for me to taste salted butter, it's so strange. And I, I think about it. I mean, you're cooking, right? And you're making mm-hmm. something, and you're putting like it asks for salt. So you've already got salt in the butter. So if you put more salt in, it's going to taste even more saltier. So they tell you not to skimp on really on, on butter and spices. Oh my God! I will tell you, from my personal experience, spices. Um, if you buy spices um, at the grocery store and stuff, you will find a big difference if you go to a spice shop. Um, I uh, never really understood really what it was really like to add a spice to something until I uh, started using this one spice um, that I got from the Savory Spice Shop. And they have, like, um, they have giant blocks of pink um, Himalayan salt, which, by the way, I love pink Himalayan salt. And it has better um, nutrient values, too, for a woman and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And then I like to use the multi-peppercorn, too. But um, you will learn, like, if you use a really good, if you use really good spices, you may have to pay, like, a dollar more for these spices. And you can get them in really small small quantities and add them to your, um, you know, whatever you're making. You'll find that has such a better taste to it, you know. Um, Yes, I know. uh, actually, I've got something in the oven right now. That, uh, what are you making? I have chicken breast and uh, sweet potatoes and regular potatoes, carrots, and I put some thyme on them and salt and pepper and mm-hmm. um, a little water, you know, for moisture. And that's what I'm baking. Bake it for about 90 minutes. And yeah, that sounds really good. That way. Uh-huh. I always get crap for cooking my chicken too long. I cook my chicken. When I get a whole chicken, I'll cook it for like almost two hours on a really low heat. And everyone goes, oh, it's going to be so dry. And it's the best no. chicken ever. Because no, I cook it, it, it really uh, slow. Yeah, it's <clears throat> slow. And then I, uh, the pork, you uh-huh. talk about spices. And um, everyone, you know, kind of wonders about this when I say it. But uh-huh. I take a pork loin, real tender one, uh-huh. and uh, I put uh, thyme, and thyme actually, and salt and pepper uh, in the flour, and I, you know, put a, put the uh, mixture on the pork, coat it with it, and you bake it that way, and it keeps all the moisture in, and that thyme, it does something to that pork. I don't know what it is, but... The thyme, really yeah. Good. Yeah. You just think of using that with chicken, and uh-huh. you don't. You know, you can use it for a lot of things, and it's really good on pork. 
a pork roast. See, I'm not a big pork eater, but I can understand how wonderful it can be for, mm-hmm. you know, for on roasts and stuff. Mm-hmm. I just, for some reason, I never really got into eating pork. I don't know why. And I don't really I eat don't a lot eat of meat lot. either. Yeah. But when I do eat it, I mean, there's a lot of really, there's a lot of really good, um, a lot of really good things you can do. Um, I think for me, the reason I got so into salads and so into um, another form of cooking, which is called tapas, um, is because I spent a lot of time in Morocco, in Spain, and um, mm-hmm. paella was really big and seafood and stuff like that. So for me, it's like I love curry, and um, and I know we talked about curry. There's red and then there's yellow, mm-hmm. and um, also with the uh, tapas. You know what really kills me is I get when I whenever I've gone to the market and I see people over at the aisle and they're looking at hummus. I just want to grab them and say, oh, my God, do you not know how easy it is to make hummus for yourself? Like, you can make it and control it for yourself instead of buying one little tiny container and spending $6 on one little container where you're getting, like, what, like six ounces or whatever? Yeah, and they I put mean, too much salt in it, too. Yeah. yeah, it's like my hummus recipe, I'm going to give real quick, because um, I'm really proud of my hummus recipe. I have a couple recipes I want to share, too. I want to hear more about what you have, too, because um, I knew your mom was a baker. Um, hummus, for me, I I just lost my mom. Hopefully, she'll call me back. Um, yeah, I lost her. She'll call back. Um, so hummus, for me, is really easy to make. And what you do is you just go to the aisle where the beans are, and you buy the garbanzo beans and the can. And usually, whoops, usually my microphones fell. Usually they're packed in water. And um, what you do is you just take them and you rinse them really good. And um, and then you've got these garbanzo beans in a, um, you know, just in a can. And I usually just... Um, throw them in let me let me call her back on the line here so we don't so we don't lose our momentum yeah there she is she's back i lost you what happened yeah i don't know it just disconnected all of a sudden that's weird i've been having trouble with my cell all day too um i was giving my hummus recipe you want to hear it sure yeah so anyway so the bean oil in the store is really cool. And um, you just go there and you get the garbanzo beans, the whole garbanzo beans. Mm -hmm. And you just, like I do, like I said, when you open the can of garbanzo beans, it's going to be filled with like a syrupy stuff. And what you do is you rinse that. I think that there's preservatives and stuff and all kinds of weird stuff in the stuff that, unless you get natural hummus or natural beans or whatever, garbanzo beans, right? So you rinse them really, really, really good, and then you throw them into a food processor. And then the trick is adding um, olive oil and also the um, type of olive oil you use is very important too. Um, 
being in California, we have a lot of flavored olive oils, and lately my favorite olive oil that I've been cooking with has been Meyer lemon olive oil. Uh, imagine olive oil with Meyer lemon flavor. It's unbelievable. I mean, you could just, like, actually take a piece of French bread and dip it in olive oil and be happy. Um, so you just add a tiny little, you, you add, you have the, you have the beans going in the um, processor, and at the very top, there's a little hole. You add a little bit of olive oil in until it starts to get, like, smoother and smoother and smoother. And then I have a lot of variations. Like, I'll make either a um, red bell pepper um, roast or red, roasted red pepper um, hummus, or sometimes I'll make a garlic hummus or red pepper and garlic. Um, I also have made... Um, just different ones, spicy, you know, whatever, however you want it. And um, if you're going to do the red peppers, I always tell everyone, roast your own peppers. It's so easy. And we'll get into that later, but, you know, um, on how how to roast peppers. Because I used to have to cook, um, every Friday I would cook an entire Moroccan food meal every Friday night. I'd start at, like, 6 in the morning, and we'd be ready by, like, 4 or 5 in the afternoon. So I learned from the best of the people. I learned how to make bread and stuff like that. But with the hummus, you just, like, blend it in, and you throw those roasted red peppers in there, and you blend that, and your hummus will take on a slight pink texture or color to it. And then you add a little bit of salt and pepper to taste. And then if you want to make it garlic, you just add some fresh garlic to it, and you run that all through the food processor. And then you just take it out and you put it in a you put it in a container. And I I always think it's really important to to refrigerate it first before you eat it because it gets harder and it sets. And um, you can actually put like a little like well in the middle of it like you do with your mashed potatoes and put the gravy in there. I make a little tiny hole in the middle and I put the lemon olive oil in the middle. And then I sprinkle a tiny little bit of like um, parsley or sage or something like that on top. And then pita chips. And people, that's another thing, pita chips. I see people buying bags of pita chips. I know a lot of people don't want to be bothered, but it's so easy. You buy a bag of pita bread. It's like a dollar ninety-nine. You cut the pita bread in half. You cut it in half again. Cut it in half again. If you have a bunch of triangles left, you throw them in a bowl. Put a little bit of olive oil, sea salt. Toss it. Throw it in your in your oven for like a good two or three minutes till they start to turn brown. Take them out. There you got homemade pita chips. It's <laughs> so easy. So. There's so make many ways. You can, you can make your own croutons. Yeah. I do that all the time with my bread when I see my bread is about ready to go. Like, because I have a friend that has a bakery and they drop off bread here all the time. So I'll cut my bread up a lot of times and I make a lot of times, I'll make croutons and stuff like that too. But um, I know your mom, as I was saying before we um, I lost you, I know mm-hmm. your mother, my grandma, um, was a baker. Oh, yeah. Do you have any? Yeah, so um, what do you remember as a child, like, growing up, like, baking-wise? What was her favorite thing to make? Because I want to hear about it. Uh, well, there was uh, 
I don't have the recipe. She must have just threw it together. But there was uh, what she called a winter salad. Ooh, and, nice. Um, it was like grapes and walnuts uh-huh. and... Uh, kind of like a Waldorf salad? Yeah, kind of like that, but sweeter. Okay. Because the, uh-huh. uh, it wouldn't be a, you know, the, it would be like a whipped cream uh-huh. mixed in with it. And so she did that, you know, every around around Christmas time was her favorite time to do all of this. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was around Christmas. And then she would uh, start baking cookies, and she would bake, oh, loads of them. There were so many cookies. I they love cookies. In, yeah, they would be in uh, big boxes everywhere, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, then candy. Oh, she loved to make candy. And Really? I've yeah, never done that. Would. I've only made truffles once in my life, and that was like... I was so proud of making truffles. I've never made candy. That's like yeah. She she made wow. candy and uh, uh-huh. she did that uh, in her not when I was growing up. She did that in her later years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Buckeyes were her favorite thing to make. Uh, What's that? Buckeye candy. It's uh, like a peanut butter, sweet peanut butter, chocolate coated. Oh my uh, god. It, it, they look like the buckeye off the tree, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I have that recipe handy here. I might. If I don't, yeah, I'll put it on the Yeah, if you have it. Later. And you know what? Everybody always check on Cooking on FB. Just type in Cooking on FB. Make sure to like us. And, um, and I'm going to get our blog back online. I don't know what happened to our blog. Somehow it got lost, but it's still there because I still see it. But for some reason, um, it's gotten lost. Um, are you there, Mom? Are you looking for yeah, that I'm recipe? here. I'm trying to find. I'm not having any luck with it. Um, well, while you're looking for that recipe, oh, I want to tell some. Found you found it? Oh, give it. Give yeah. it. Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah. Uh, two sticks of whipped margarine is what she used. One and one and a half cups of smooth peanut butter one pound of confectioner sugar, one six-ounce package of chocolate uh, chips or bits, one half a block of paraffin melted. That was That's in a lot of candies, believe it or not. Paraffin? Uh, mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Interesting. You mix <clears throat> margarine, peanut butter, and powdered sugar, roll into balls, and chill it. You melt the chocolate and paraffin together. Probably makes it so it doesn't melt in your hand so easily. I yeah. don't know. And uh, then with a long toothpick. I have toothpick, to look that up. You dip all the uh, all of it at the very top of the ball into melted mixture. And you drop on uh-huh. the wax paper to harden. That's all there is to it. And they look like the Buckeyes from the Buckeye tree, only the uh-huh. chocolate and peanut butter. Oh my gosh, that sounds really, really, really good. Um, walking anything into the with peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah. My timer on my oven is finished. <laughs> I hear it. Oh my god. <laughs> Talk about cooking on FB. We're here. And also, just so you know, in case you missed the beginning of the show, the show will be available on iTunes afterwards and on demand on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. Um, 
I'm going to give a really quick recipe out that um, I got this year from my friend Molly, who is a um, caterer and uh, also does uh, just pretty big catering up here in, in the Sonoma Valley. Uh, she turned me on to this salad. Like I think I went over to her house for Thanksgiving one year, and um, I was just like, oh, my God, this is the best thing I've ever had. And what it was was, um, and when I found out what the ingredients were, then I knew why I liked it so much. It's so friggin' easy. Um, it is, um, first of all, you buy one of those giant containers of vanilla yogurt, not the little tiny ones, like the big ones that have the, I don't know, the big ones. And you take, um, you on the oven first, you take a block of cream cheese. And um, you melt that. And you melt it really slowly. And on the side, you've got a bowl and you've got the vanilla yogurt in there, the whole container. Put it all in there. And you're melting the cream cheese. And then what you do is you take the cream cheese, once it's melted, because it comes, it, it becomes almost like very liquidy, like when you make fudge and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you pour that in with the vanilla yogurt. And what I like to do is use the beaters, and I, I beat it. I, I tend to like to use my hand, but I use the beaters on this one. And it really, it gets like this really different consistency. And then what you do is on the side, <clears throat> you have heavy whipping cream that you buy in the con- in a carton. And you, in the meantime, um, so you put the... So you put the lemon. So you put the so you put the yog- yogurt and the cream cheese on the side. So you got vanilla and cream cheese in one bowl, and it's mixed together. And then in another bowl, <clears throat> you start mixing um, the whipped cream. You take heavy whipping cream and you whip it with a uh, um, with a you know a whipping thing, whatever. I always use my a little. Chef thing. thing, yeah, yeah, or like you know, um, you know my uh, use your KitchenAid, whatever. Right. And you get it where it peaks. You get it till where it peaks. So you have one cup of hard whip. So mm-hmm. you've got your vanilla yogurt and your cream cheese in one bowl, and then you've got your hard whip in another bowl, and you pour and you transfer one cup only of hard whip into that and then you mix that at this point it's getting really frothy and then you take three Meyer lemons I like to use Meyer lemons or get the little baby seedless lemons and what you do then is you squeeze the juice of the lemon into that and then you whip that up and then on the side you um, it's best to use fresh fruit Um, canned fruit does work but Strawberries, um, I don't really, I'm not really big on grapes. So I use strawberries, pineapple. Pineapple is really important, and I know it's really hard to get fresh pineapple, so canned pineapple is okay. Um, Mandarin oranges or oranges and um, blueberries and raspberries, and you just put them all whole into this mixture. And you kind of like just kind of slowly mix it together, and then um, 
you add a little tiny bit of confectioner's sugar, the powdered sugar to it, to give it a little bit of taste, or you could add honey to it, however you want. And then um, all depending on whether you're a marshmallow person or not, and I'm not a really big marshmallow person. I like marshmallows, but I'm not, like, really into, like, a lot, a whole a mouthful of marshmallows. I say yeah. put, like, half a cup of marshmallows in there and mix it in and let it sit overnight because it tastes so much better overnight because by then the fruit juices have all merged with the vanilla and the lemon and the cream cheese and then the whipping cream. So right before you're ready to eat it, just whip it really quick with a spoon, not a whipping thing because you don't want to mess break the fruit all up. I did that one time and my whole thing turned pink because I broke up all the strawberries, but um, uh. it's really unbelievable it's like a frambrosia but it's more it's not a meringue it's more like a frambrosia and that comes from molly's grandmother um one of her recipes and see it's like that's what i mean with recipes like handed down it's like always really fun to do that you know my 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 family they've um my aunt used to make candy and i never and she used to bake bread too and we had honeybees and uh, quail, and I don't even want to know what happened to the quail because um, I'm not yeah. really into killing animals. It's like, uh, so, um, you know, but it's really fun, you know. This week, see, cooking on FB is all about sharing. And, um, you know, I mean, one of our favorite you know, our our mission statement is cooking is like love. It should be entered into with abandon or not at all. So that pretty much says it all. Yes, it and does. I guess all my little chef friends out there have been busy making stuff. I've been noticing a lot of people have been posting what they're making because they get a lot of, I get a lot of posts from people that are cooking and different things they're making and stuff like that. But um what um you you have a tradition every Christmas you make Christmas cookies with uh with your granddaughter. With yeah, Lori. We do, uh, what do you guys cookies. do? We do sugar cookies, uh, we cut them out and uh-huh. uh Oh, we've done it since she was just real little and her favorite thing to do was cookies and to come over and pretend like she was cooking because she was a little too young to actually cook so she would help uh-huh. me but uh, every year we've done the cookies and uh, uh, frosted them and decorated them and I think I post something every year to show what we what we yeah do. so and we still do that she still wants to do that so she's going to be 14 so <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's really, I think it's really important that you get, you get a lot of people that really want to cook and they want to learn how to cook. And, um, you know, for me, I remember the first thing I made when I was little were, um, well, I learned how to make fudge and I can't even remember how to make fudge now, to be honest with you. And something called, lemon dream bars which were kind of like a, a shortbread 
um, bottom with lemon curd in the middle and then a little bit of shortbread on the top and and some lemon zest on the top and powdered mm-hmm. sugar. So that's what I remember, like, growing up. And it was always, like, a big tradition every um Every New Year's Day, it was like we would get, um, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is going. We would get, um, we would get up early and we would watch the New Year's Day parade wherever we were and we would get like all these different, uh, pastries in the morning. Like just a basic pastry dough and then it would be rolled. And I still mm-hmm. do it. What I do is I just make a pastry, just a basic pastry, you know, pie crust. And I roll it out really, really thin, and I put unsalted butter on it, the whole entire piece that's spread out. And then I take cinnamon and sugar. And if you're into raisins, which I really love raisins and cranberries and stuff like that, you just add it in there and then roll it up. And then you cut it just like little pinwheels, and then you put them in the oven, and they cook, and they're so good. You know, that's and then you sprinkle them with like... Uh, yeah. Leftover uh, pie crust. She yeah. Would take the left. You know, she'd always have some left over when she'd bake pies, uh-huh. and she would um, do exactly that: the cinnamon, the butter, the sugar. Roll it up. It was the best thing. I remember. I just loved them, and I couldn't wait till she made pies to get that. Heck, with oh, pies. I know. <laughs> I know. The 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 um, stuff that you get like at the end is always the best part. My mom, my my first mom, um, she would make it with cinnamon and sugar, and then it would be like, yeah, the extra pie crust. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just like it's just like so good, you know. And um, you got all these people now that are young that are starting to cook now, and um, so many people have blogs out there now. You can find a blog, like, if you really are looking for something you really want to make, you can always type it in. And we try to post recipes that are ours, and then we also share recipes from different sites and um, different people that have been cooking that send recipes to us. And uh, I just think it's a really fun thing to yeah, do. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, actually. It's really a Yeah, lot of fun. it's creative. It's a good outlet, right? Mm-hmm. Mhm. But um what do you think about um like what do you think what do you think is something that you would like to personally make that you've never ever made before? Like for me, it would be beef wellington. I've never made it. Oh, I what? love beef wellington, but I've never, I've never made it. Never made it. Yes, yeah, so is there something like a dish that you've never made that you like would be interested in making? Oh, there's probably so many of them, and to think of one, I don't know. I've made a lot of things, probably gourmet cooking, Uh anything gourmet, uh, because, like I said, comfort food and the basics is basically all that I've ever made, and probably something gourmet would be totally different and fun to learn. You know what I learned how to make, and I never thought I'd ever know how to make it. And I learned it when I was 
<clears throat> I'm so sorry about my voice again. Um, when I was cooking my Friday night dinners, and just so everybody knows, um, I was uh, in a family with um, Moroccans for almost 10 years, and every Friday night we would cook dinner. And um, mm-hmm. it would start 6 o'clock in the morning. All the women would get together, and we would make bread and lemon chicken and... and um, Oh, God, roasted red peppers. That's why I was saying it's so easy to make them. And um, couscous and, you know, and then the shrimp and the seafood and the fish, you know. I mean, salmon is really easy to cook. You know what I do? I get fresh salmon and I just make, I just get my own pesto. I get basil and I cut it up and I put that in with butter and I mix it and let it get hard and then I put it over the top of the salmon and I poach it and it's really good that way and like you can make it like cold and put it on salad and stuff like that but roasted red peppers are super easy to make um, if you want to do it it's a little messy but um, it's only just the black you know stuff that flies off the peppers Um, we I usually do is just get whole big red peppers or if you want yellow and green or whatever, multicolored, whatever. Um, the best place to barbecue is to barbecue them outside because it they kind of spit, you know, because there's the juice inside. But I've done it over a gas burner where you blacken the pepper on the outside and then you throw it in a plastic bag. And believe me, it's not going to melt that plastic bag. You put it in there and the steam just makes the skin of the pepper... You put it under cold water, just come off, and there you've got your roasted red peppers. And then you can marinate them in olive oil and garlic and, um, oh, God, just so many things. But what I was seeing was, oh, yeah, 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 I learned how to make baklava one year, and that was so interesting. And for not many people that know what baklava is, it's a Greek pastry dough with phyllo. I love it. It's so good. And honey is really one of those important. things that you, you just can't stop eating. That's yeah. how much I love it. Yeah. And pistachios in it. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, everybody knows I like to make cupcakes. I'm really inventive with my cupcakes. Um, <laughs> I'll make a, Oh, I made ones. I just made a couple, a couple before... Um, like a couple weeks ago with uh well we did the I did my own buttercream frosting but I added like a little bit of lemon to the cupcake mix and I put lemon zest in it so it was like almost mm-hmm. like a lemon curd cupcake with cream oh, wow. cheese cream cheese and buttercream frosting if you are making a buttercream and you want to make it really good you add that cream cheese hey what about that cream cheese carrot cake recipe you sent me that time. Let's tell let's tell our listeners about that one. All right. Let's see here. You sent me that one and I love that one. And I'm sorry guys if I sound like I'm sniffling, but I um I am. I'm, I'm sniffling. Trying to find the recipe here. <laughs> yeah, it's actually I have it on a recipe card. And if you have a oh. recipe box, guys, save them in a recipe box. The recipe box are bomb. They're great. A lot of people are like, they want to do it differently. Let's talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like carrot cake. Zucchini cake's my favorite. 
I love zucchini cake. People look at me and they're like, zucchini cake? And I go, yeah, it's really good. You know? I'm having trouble here finding it. No, that's okay. <laughs> well, while you're talking, um, I I mean, while you're looking, I'm going to talk about pasta sauce. Um, I okay. like to make my own sauces. I um, pick my own tomatoes and then I boil them on the stove until the skin break and then I throw them in the blender and I puree them and then I throw all that into a pot that already has had olive oil and garlic sautéed in it with a little bit of basil and then you add your sauce and you cook your sauce for at least three or four hours on a very low heat and add a little bit of sugar and oregano and, um, you know, Sometimes people add um, a little bit of red wine to it or add um, other things like to it. Like sometimes I'll cook sausage in the bottom of it in the sauce while it's cooking and it gives a little bit of a flavor. And so it's really easy to make pasta sauce. Um, If you have tomatoes that are just about ready to go bad, boil them, put them in your blender, even make a little tiny little bit. You know, so what, did you find the recipe? No, I didn't. Okay, I I have mine in the living room. I have to find it somewhere in all my papers that keep moving in I'll and out of my looking. car. But um, yeah. Um, let's see what else we can talk about here besides tapas. Um, oh, have you, has anybody ever made baba ganoush? Um, baba ganoush his eggplant, like an eggplant, I am talking, everybody's going to think, oh my God, this woman, all she likes is Mediterranean food. I love Mediterranean food. It's like so healthy and so good for you. Um, Baba ganoush is basically roasted eggplant. So you're going to take an eggplant, you're going to roast it kind of like you did, you would do with a red roasted pepper. And then you would puree it. And then you would add some tzatziki to it. And you can make your own tzatziki or you can go to the store and buy tzatziki and you add a little bit to it and you puree it, add a little bit of lemon. And that's also another really good dip. And, you know, I always serve like hummus and the and the uh, baba ganoush or tabbouleh salad, which is really healthy, alongside of um, chicken that has been cooked with a lot of lemon and citrus and um People don't realize how easy it is. You just buy a chicken and you clean it really good, and uh, you put <clears throat> you put a lot of citrus in the middle inside the chicken and cook it, or you cut it in half and uh, cook it with lemon and herbs and stuff like that. But like I said, I don't really eat a lot of meat. I eat more seafood, and um, I, I do found it. it. By choice, so you did finally. Okay, so let's hear it. Okay, uh, four eggs, two and a half cups of flour, two tablespoons of wheat germ, two cups of sugar, two teaspoons of cinnamon, two teaspoons of baking soda, one teaspoon of salt, one and one and a half cups of vegetable oil, and a can of carrots. She used that, the canned. A can and, of carrots, uh, like cut up carrots, or. Uh, or could yeah, you use fresh I, I carrots think, that you boiled already? Could you do it that way? I'm sure you could do that, too, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, either one. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. In a large bowl, you beat the eggs. Uh, you add flour and wheat germ. The wheat germ really makes it taste good. I know that. Yeah, it does. 
and the sugar and the cinnamon and the baking soda, salt, oil, and mashed carrots. Yeah, you, you could probably boil them and mash them because uh, fresh is probably better. <clears throat> uh-huh. And you beat it at low speed for two minutes and then uh, put cream cheese frosting on it. That makes it good, too. Do you have a recipe for the cream cheese frosting? Cause yeah, I, I do. I know how I make mine, but how do you? How, what's her recipe for the cream cheese frosting? Yeah, one package of cream cheese at room temperature, four tablespoons of butter or margarine, softened, uh, one and three-quarter cups of confectioner sugar, one-quarter teaspoon of vanilla, and you beat it at low speed, then high. So, Yeah, the vanilla is really important, guys. Um Imitation vanilla extract, you can really taste the alcohol, like, you know, uh, yep. that's in it. And it really is yucky. Um, I tend to go and buy the vanilla beans where they come in the long black vanilla and they split it open down the middle and you get the vanilla guts mm-hmm. out. But um, I was recently with my friend who's a chef, and it was really interesting, a couple things that they had. They had... Um, a really pretty container, like it was just a glass container with a lid on it, and it had water, just filtered spring water, um, sugar, and then the whole vanilla bean stock, the black vanilla bean stock in there. And then mm-hmm. you would leave that in the refrigerator for like a week, and it turns into like a vanilla water, um, almost like a vanilla syrup. Um because you've got the sugar in there, which makes it kind of like a little like sweeter, and then you've got you've got the vanilla, and then you've got the water. So there, you can use that like as a flavoring. Um, but I tend to like to get pure, real, true vanilla from Madagascar extract. Um, yeah, I heard just that's because the best. Mm-hmm. It's it it doesn't have that alcohol flavor to it like and we're not talking about alcohol like that you drink like you know we're talking about it just has this weird like after flavor to it yeah so, i know the real vanilla is the best yeah and um another really uh, thing that really is important is using real saffron saffron's a little pricey but saffron's really really good if you cook it mm-hmm. with the right things um i'm also a really big sauce person, you know that. I'm like, mm-hmm. I will always make my homemade homemade Bernays sauce or hollandaise sauce or um, a pesto sauce. Like, if I'm if I'm hungry and I don't really have like, I haven't gone shopping and there's something that's not here, I usually just grab like a, a little saucepan and throw a little bit of butter in there and some cream or milk. And then Parmesan cheese or whatever cheese I have, and then pesto or basil or whatever I have, and I get it so it's like thick. And then I just make a pasta and just pour it over there. And if I want to add chicken to it or fit like salmon or um, gnocchi, is also a really good thing. Potato dumplings, yeah, those are really good. You like gnocchi, don't you, Mom? Uh, I haven't, I haven't, I don't know <laughs> but do It's not. potato pasta. It's really good. Okay, yes. Yes, I do. 
And then oh, dim yeah. sum is another whole world. I mean, oh, we yeah. could talk forever and ever about Chinese cooking. I made bok choy last night. Actually, it was really hard because um, I wasn't really feeling that great, but I went into the kitchen and I steamed some bok choy. And I, I like to steam my vegetables just because it keeps the nutritional value to it. And if you have a chance to go to, like, a farmer's stand, if you can, buy your produce there because I was told something really important. I was told that almost all the produce that's in the markets that you see is at least three to four weeks old by the time it makes it to the store because they pick it, they package it, they ship it, it's sitting in the warehouse, it gets to the market, it gets put out. By the time it gets put out, it's like three weeks old. So, you know, if you can grow your own produce, by all means do that. And if you can go to a farm stand or a farmer's market or whatever you can find, I tend to say that that's the, probably the best way to buy, like, vegetables and fruit and stuff like that. Like, today, um, I have a tree out here that has a lot of plums on it, and we I picked a bunch of little plums. They're tiny, but they're really good. And I remember living, when I was little, we would go to Maine, and I remember I would walk outside and just pick blueberries and eat blueberries, like, right off the bushes. Yeah, yeah, we've done blackberries Um, that way and black raspberries and yeah. Do you like black raspberries? Black raspberry sauce is really easy to make. Yeah, oh my god, raspberries! I just thought Mm -hmm. of that something. You know, it's really easy to make. Is a cobbler. Let me give everybody a cobbler recipe. Oh, I love cobbler. Cobbler's so good. Oh my god, you would just get bisquick. Because Bisquick, I swear, it's just such a good standby. Make some Bisquick. I know. <laughs> put it in the bottom of a bowl that is a Pyrex bowl, like four big lumps of Bisquick, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get blackberry preserves and put it in all four corners or apricots or strawberry or whatever. And then I always take a little bit of brown sugar and um, the Bisquick, and I mix it together, and I crumble it on the top, and I put it in the oven, and it's, uh, I just love cobbler. It's yeah. It's so easy yeah, to make. Yeah, cobbler's really good. I have another recipe, too, of cobbler. Yeah. I'd like to hear it. Give me, give me, give me. want to hear All right. Two cups of fruit, fresh only, uh-huh. and uh, one, one and a half cups of sugar, three-quarter cups of flour, two teaspoons of baking powder, one-quarter teaspoon of salt, three-quarters of a cup of milk, one-quarter pound of butter, you mix the fruit with one half a cup of sugar to taste. Set it aside. You place butter in a deep baking dish and melt in the oven. And uh, mm-hmm. make uh, batter of the remaining ingredients and pour over the melted butter. And you don't stir it. And you spread the fruit on top of it. And you still don't stir it. And you bake it for an hour or until the top is golden brown. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really good, um, especially if you uh, put a little milk in with it when you eat it, you know. <laughs> what about if you put ice cream, if you put it on top yeah, of ice cream? Yeah, that too. It's really good with that too. And, you know, so. I really like vanilla bean ice cream, um, although I really like caramel, salted caramel ice cream too. It's like 
I hear in California you get so many different variations of things, I think, that hit here first before it gets out that way. But, um, again, today we're talking about cooking on FB, and uh, this is Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio with myself and Viv Meredith. And if you missed the beginning of the show, the show will be available afterwards on iTunes and on demand on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio, which brings me to... An announcement I want to make really quick. Um, uh, this coming Friday, um, I'm doing a special edition with the Indie Cafe. We're doing a Lou Reed tribute um, show. And um, it's going to be a pretty fun, heavy, sh- heavy, heavy fun show. Um, we have everyone calling in from people that worked with Lou or married to Lou, um, partnered with Lou, um, you know, uh, friends, friends, family, lovers, and acquaintances, whatever, you know, and people that, like, you know, Mick Rock's going to be calling in. He just did the book, the Transformer book. Um, We have um, Joseph Arthur. We're going to be talking about his new CD that was inspired by his real personal relationship with Lou Reed called Lou. And... um, we're going to have Sylvia um, Reed and um, Spencer Drake and Judith Salvitz will be hosting the show along with myself as a co-host. And um, some people from Rolling Stone, I think, are calling in. And it's going to be a really fun show. I'm, I'm super excited about it because it's like we want to think about Lou in a good way, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, we want to wish him well on his journey because... Uh, we all end up going on that journey at one point or another. Um, so is there anything um, that we want to cover, like um, submitting recipes? Uh, you can do that either on the Cooking on FB page or email holly at Cooking on FB. And I'm going to be creating a email for my mom, which will be viv on cookingonfb.com too. Um and if you want to like send us your recipes and um, or talk to us, you know you can always do that too by just emailing us and asking us to give you a call. We um, try to do a lot of pop culture type cutting edge shows here on Red Velvet Media, and um, I thought this was really important to talk about cooking on FB because it's something that we both like put together in our heads and. God, wouldn't it be great if we had a place where everybody could just, like, get together and share, you know? Yeah, it's working, that's for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, I did invite quite a few chefs to call in, but I've heard that a few people are doing, they're preparing, and right now it's, like, 6 o'clock, East Coast time, and most of my chefs are on the East Coast. And then the ones that are here in Sonoma and in Southern California are getting ready to serve dinner. So I guess we kind of, like, missed the mark. But you and I were here, and that was the most important thing. We -hmm. we shared. (laughs) We shared our, like, things. And I know there's something that – is there another recipe – you can think of you want to share because I'm thinking in my head what what it is that I want to share that. And oh, notice I don't give out measurements. 
I'm like the kind of person that just like cooks by sight. Well, I can't remember <clears throat> uh, when I cook. You know, <laughs> I just oh, throw, soup. some things I just throw together, huh? Yeah, soup. I have a really good soup. Okay, mix. that one I don't measure. I just throw it together. Yeah, like so. Uh, you just take uh, soup. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you just. I just take and saute some uh, oh, sirloin is what I like to use, cut up in little pieces with uh, onion, and uh-huh. uh, I saute it. And then I add uh, a can of uh, uh, tomatoes that have basil and oregano in it. and uh, Like the Italian mix? Garlic. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, then I put a little bit of a Worcestershire sauce in it, just a teeny bit. And each time I add something, I add a little salt and pepper, of course, because when you add, keep adding things, you have to add a little more of that. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> let me think of it. Oh, and cut up uh, fresh vegetables like uh, potato and... Uh, I'm sorry you're hearing tea? all the wind, but it's see. I feel like we could get blown well, away here. <laughs> yeah, the chimes are pretty though. Yeah, but, it's uh, really windy here outside my studio. I've got these chimes and they're just like going crazy. I'm gonna have to shut the studio window here. <laughs> but can, carry on. So so anyway, uh, then I add. Uh, you can add chicken stock or water or whatever to the. Uh, the meat and uh, tomato mixture and bring it to a boil. Uh-huh. And uh, then I add potato and peas and carrots and anything else you want to throw in there. I've even put cabbage and other things in yeah. there as well. And uh, then you just cook it down, you know, for an hour or so slow and make sure the water or the liquid level is where you want it. And uh, just a dash of sugar to counteract the acidity in the tomato. So goes into it also. So that's the way I do vegetable soup. Uh-huh. And uh, chicken do, uh, noodle soup. Huh? Yeah, chicken noodle soup is something that you're always making. I have a variation yeah, on, my, on a chicken just, soup, too. I want to hear yours. Yeah, I just boil uh, chicken, and then I cut, dice it up, and uh, <clears throat> then I put uh, chicken stock in it, uh, usually the unsalted can or the in the container, whichever. Yeah. And, uh, MSG then, free. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right, MSG free. Uh-huh. And then uh, cut up a ca- little bit of carrots in it, a little bit of celery. And, uh, you know, then I add the noodles. Now, my mother was great for making making noodles. She always made her own, but I've never done that. She made noodles? She made pasta? Yeah, she loved to make pasta. Wow. So, and it was really good, too. But uh, then you just, uh, you know, cook it until the noodles are done and, and you have uh, sometimes I thicken the sauce a little bit with uh, some uh, ma- leftover mashed potatoes or something, just a little bit, 
to thicken the. It doesn't thicken it that much, but it gives it more consistency for soup. Just and it gives it a good flavor, a full flavor. So that sounds really good. Yeah, that's something different that I do that I think other people may not do. I don't know, but it tastes good. Yeah, I am. I like I like to make soups a lot um, because it's they're really easy to make. And one mm-hmm. that I make that I love is butternut squash soup. And of course, obviously it's a seasonal thing, but it's super easy to make. You just grab a butternut squash from a produce stand or wherever, cut it up, skin it. Obviously, you're going to take the heart outside out and cut it up into little chunks and boil it on the stove until it comes tender. It's almost like pumpkin. And then you're going to take it out and you're going to mash it with a potato masher. I don't like to use a mixer because it gets everywhere and then you have a mess. But I usually use like a potato masher and I mash them until it looks like sweet potatoes. And you can do the same thing with sweet potatoes too. And then I take heavy heavy cream that I haven't whipped and I add that. I like to cook with heavy cream, as you notice, either that or mm-hmm. half and half. Um, and add that, and it makes it like a cream stock soup. And then you add, you stir it, and um, you've got butternut squash soup there. And you're going to add some nutmeg and what I like to add, and I don't like to tell this to very many people because they're like, ugh, I use pumpkin pie spice mix because um, oh, it's got a yeah, little bit of everything one. in it. Mm-hmm. So I just put that in it. And um, and then I serve that. And then when you put it in their bowls, when you're ready to eat it, you put like a tiny little splash of cream on the top. I, it's all about presentation with me. I'm all about how it looks and everything. Um, I put a little tiny splash of cream on the top. So there's a little white thin cream and a tiny little bit of pumpkin spice on the top of that. Mm-hmm. And then I serve it with croutons on the side. And... Um, that's how I do my butternut squash soup. And um, my variation on chicken vegetable soup is um, basically I like to buy those chicken breasts, you know, the ones that are on the bones. Not the chicken, all white meat chicken. I don't like dark chicken. I don't know why. I just can't eat it. Yeah, um, I'm not, I don't like it much either. But I buy, yeah, I buy the chicken breast and I take the skin off and I put it in a, uh, a soup bowl or, like, not a soup bowl, but, like, a pig pot, you know, on the stove. Mm-hmm. The whole chicken breast with the bones and everything. And I boil it for, like, oh, God, maybe about an hour. Mm-hmm. And at the end, you've got all this chicken broth, and the chicken is cooked. And then I take a strainer, and I take the pieces of the chicken out and put them in a bowl and they cool off. And then there you've got your chicken stock. And then I take the chicken once it's cooled off and I shred it off the bone. And so then I've got a bowl full of shredded chicken, no bones. I throw the bones away. And then so then I pour the chicken that I've pulled off the chicken bones into the broth. And then I take those mini grape tomatoes. (laughs) I really like those. And I wash them really good and I just throw a whole basket full of those in there. And then I like the little baby carrots, the tiny little baby ones. I put a package mm-hmm. of them in there. Yeah, those are the best. And if corn's in season, I'll cut it off the cob or I use a can of corn. And um, and then celery, 
I don't really use the celery. I use the leaves of the celery. I cut them up and I put them on the top and then I cook it really low for about another hour. And it tastes so good. It's like it's like if you're sick, you eat that and you just feel so much better. You know? Yeah, I know. And it smells good too and it's easy to make. And uh, I usually serve cornbread. I make I'm really big on cornbread. So you just get the cornbread mix. Oh, I and, love cornbread. Or you make your own cornbread. Yeah. And put corn in it. I take canned corn or fresh corn and I put corn in the cornbread mix. Mm-hmm. And cook it, yeah. and it's really good. And then you serve it with honey and or yeah, honey butter. And I make flavor. I make a lot of variations of butter, flavored butters. Um, I'll make strawberry butter. Uh, I'll make honey butter, um, blackberry butter, whatever. You know, I just take the butter until it's really soft, and then I mix a little bit of honey in it, mm-hmm. and that's really good on the cornbread. And then the honey, and then the strawberry butter is really good on like toast or whatever. And French toast is really easy to make if you want to buy the that raisin bread and mm-hmm. do French toast with that. Oh my God, that is like the best. It's so I good. Know. Or like um, take a piece of bread and cut out the middle and put an egg in there and cook the egg in the middle of the bread on the stove. And then turn it over, and so you've got an egg in the middle of the bread, and then you put a little piece of rest, roasted red pepper on the top, salt, pepper, and you've got like bread, and it's called it's called bread and bat. It's called egg in a basket. Yeah, that's really good too. <laughs> you know, but um, you know, being raised around like people that were Italian cooking, and then uh, my family and. Um, just traveling so much, I I got to see all these different things, and you wouldn't believe like when I was in other countries, like you really miss your food at home, and um, getting pizza in another country is almost impossible. Um, France, it's mostly always eggs; everything has eggs in it, mm-hmm. um, and the fruit is really fresh there. So I. I really think that fruit is really good as long as it's GMO-free. And we want to say GMO-free is where we want to go. And um, when I said no MSG, that's because MSG, it does make everything taste really good. And I know they use it in a lot of, like, um, different dishes for flavor enhancement. But for people like myself and like you, Mom, and other people Mm -hmm. I know, it affects us, like, makes your heart beat funny, you get a headache. Um, exactly. I get well, headaches. That's a different weird side effects, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, let's see. So we went through sauces, soups, um, desserts. Let's see what else. Um, oh, how about like um, you like make ice cream sauces, don't you? Because I remember you uh, were telling me a little bit about that. What, ice cream sauces? Yeah, uh, sauces you make for ice cream. I, hmm, I don't remember making any, but refresh my memory. <laughs> I remember one time you were making a sauce with pineapple in it. And it was crushed pineapple, and you were putting it on top of ice cream. 
I don't know. Maybe it was one of those times. It was just something you were making. I don't know. I don't know, but you know what? Ice cream is really easy to make, too. Do you remember, like, ever making ice cream when you were younger with an ice cream maker? Somebody sent me an ice cream maker recently, and um, I was just, like, tripped out because I've never made ice cream before. And when I saw how much cream goes into it, I then realized, boy, I'm glad I cook with my cream and... um, when I'm eating, when you eat ice cream, it's basically all cream, cream and sugar. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, and homemade ice it's cream is really me off. good. Yeah, it turned me off though a little bit to it. Yeah, so, but the homemade stuff doesn't have all the stuff in it that uh, the the preservatives adds to right? it. Yeah. Homemade what do you think about just, gelato and water ice? See, I was raised around water ice. When I was, you know, that was like my yeah. thing was water ice. Uh, water ice. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, it's good. Uh, I, I'll let you, I'll tell you what we used to do when I was a kid. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, just take um, Kool Aid, make it, and put it in uh, ice trays. That was the best stuff on a hot summer day. To uh, eat ice cubes made out of Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not exactly, you know, like what you're talking about, but <laughs> that just it reminded me of that. Yeah, no, um, you know, I remember, I remember what my mom used to do, and when I keep saying my mom and calling Viv my mom, my, my Viv's my second mom. My real mom has moved on to the next place, and. Um, Viv basically has been my second mom forever. <laughs> it seems like forever. <laughs> but um, she used to make this thing. She called it slush. And what it was was um, she'd get these big Tupperware containers and she would just basically pour like um, all kinds of fruit and sugar and um, water and sometimes carbonated water, like 7-Up and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And she would freeze it till it was almost, like, almost frozen, and then she would um, stir it, and then it was called, it, be, it would come out, like, slushy. It was really, yeah, really, like really good. Yeah, like slushies that you get that doesn't have all yeah. those chemicals in it. Yeah. Yeah, but this is homemade yeah. stuff. Yeah, homemade and stuff is like the best. And then yeah, and then you know you talked about the the rain the um the Kool Aid thing. I make rainbow um, ice cubes, and basically mm-hmm. it, all it is 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 uh is just taking your ice cube trays and uh, a natural a natural food coloring like red yeast, strawberries, oranges, and orange peel, yellow. A lemon peel, mm-hmm. green, a kiwi, blue blueberries, purple, blackberries, and um, you just—it's so much fun because you've got these colored ice cubes you can put in. And then my whole big thing is I drink a lot of water. I drink pretty much water all day long, mm-hmm. and um, I like to make every morning when I get up what they call spa water, which is um. I take variations. It all depends on my my mood that day, but um, most all the time it's cucumber, 
very thinly sliced, and lemon and orange. And you put that all in. You don't squeeze it. You just cut them. And you put that in a big container. If you can get one of those containers that have the little spout on it, which I have, mm-hmm. it stands up. Or you can do it even in a, um, a glass. A glass is a big, big thing for me. I dislike plastic. Um, I just don't like cooking in plastic. Um, I think it's just, I don't know. I'm a big Pyrex person. But if you can get a glass pitcher and, like, you know, put the fruit in there, you know, the orange and the thin cucumber, and you leave the skin on the cucumber, and um, and then you add uh, some lemon, sliced lemon, and you put it in there. You don't squeeze them. You just put it in there. Like, after about an hour, you take a sip of it, so good. Oh, it it's just good. so good. And strawberry lemonade is another thing I make too. I just get the lemonade and I make real lemonade and then I add strawberries to it. And if yeah. you let the strawberries sit in it all day long, by the end of the day when you have that last glass of strawberry lemonade, it's like um, it's like so good. Yeah, really, really good. good. Yeah, I know that you like um. You what was it you like to drink? You like the mango, the mango iced tea, right? Yeah, the mango. You're an iced tea, tea drinker. I like raspberry too, uh, tea. That's good. Tea. Yeah. See, I'm a tea drinker, but I'm not like a big iced tea drinker. I drink a lot of hot teas. Like it's really funny. Mm-hmm. I have a tea cabinet, which is now in a box, but um, a tea ca- my tea cabinet. My latest passion has been rose. And I don't know why, but I've really wanted to drink. I've been I've been kind of heading towards like rose petal tea. So mm-hmm. it's really good if you take rose petals and you make your own tea with like a little bit of black tea, gunpowder mm-hmm. tea. Like you could do that with your mint mm-hmm. and add that. And you can do different infusions, which are really cool. And when I mean infusions, it's like um, you can add different, like, citrus um, oils and whatever, like a lemon, a, like, in a bergamot. Mm-hmm. Like, you can add that. But, like, with iced tea, I've had, I had a really good iced tea with um, mango and um, you like the raspberry iced tea, too. Have you ever, like, uh-huh. made it with fruit fruit? Yeah, I like... Uh Raspberry and mango is my favorite. Yeah. I even like those you, more than I do. Do you do it just fruit or do you do it with the black tea in it? Um, I've never made it, but I've had it uh, in restaurants. See, I'm a big herbal person. I like mm-hmm. to drink herbs because... I don't like to have that heart, racing heart thing from drinking too much caffeine or whatever. Right. So, like, I usually only drink one caffeinated drink a day, usually. uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And then um, you you add your fruit. Oh, I have another really good recipe I can give everyone. I just thought about it. I'm switching. I'm, I'm switching around all here. Has anybody ever had bananas foster? And know what it is? No, I don't. Oh, it's so good. 
Okay, so out here in California, we have a lot of Hispanic food, and they have plantains, which are the smaller bananas. And you can either take regular bananas or plantains, and honestly, I prefer the plantains because they don't taste so pungent. They're not so, have that taste of a banana. Um, It has more of a banana flavor, but not so, like, strong. So you take... You take a frying pan and you put it on the stove and you saute just a tiny little bit of butter, unsalted butter, and brown sugar in the bottom. And you stir it till it becomes almost like paste, like, you know, like a glaze. Mm-hmm. And then on the side while that's sauteing, and you got to constantly stir it because you don't want to burn your brown sugar and your butter. Um, you cut up these plantains on the side. And you cut them, not real thin, but not real thick either. And then, so what you do then is you re, you put your plantains in after the um, brown sugar and the butter have caramelized a little bit. And you put your you put your bananas in there, and you like don't mash them. You just kind of gently stir them around and get them coated. And then you pour that over vanilla ice cream, and it's so unbelievable because the the ice cream being that it's cold makes the brown sugar and butter like kind of caramelize a little bit and i've heard other variations where people put rum in it and you know if you mm-hmm. go to a french restaurant yeah, they'll flambe it yeah. like cherry jubilee or something like that mm-hmm. and it burns off so for all of you out there that don't drink and um yeah, it want, does burn um, off. You know, the alcohol burns off, so it's safe to drink, and um, you can still drink it. I mean, you can still eat it and feel yeah, good about it. it's the flavor that you're after. It's yeah. the flavor, yeah. And now they even make um, flavored, naturally flavored, um, like alcohol type, um, not the kind that you would drink, just alcohol flavoring, like a hazelnut mm-hmm. or, um, <clears throat> let's see, like when you go to, you go somewhere and you get like a flavor drink sometimes they put like a little bit of like a flavor enhancer in there but um, another really trippy thing I saw the other day mom was um, hibiscus um, water people don't realize hibiscus water and I have to do a little more research on it but it's really sweet and um, I've noticed a lot of cocktails and a lot of drinks like um, not just cocktails, just other ones have mm-hmm. um, like um, hibiscus water in it, and mm. it's pretty well, good. What it tastes like? It's really sweet. Mm-hmm. And another really, another really big one is magnolia water. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. I rinse my hair with magnolia water. I I like get I get this like water. Like it's got magnolias in it, and mm-hmm. it has like a sweet orange smell to it. And like I said, you can get it at the Hispanic markets and or any kind of like cooking store you can get. But less expensive, just go into a Hispanic or um, a specialized, you know, cooking mm-hmm. store and get the big containers of hibiscus water. And what I do is I mix it. I take it, I put it in a little spritzer bottle, and I put a little bit of water in it, and I spritz it through my hair. 
mm-hmm. after I wash my hair, and it makes your hair smell really good. Uh-huh. And um, it has like almost like a smell like jasmine and oranges and rose and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And you can even you can even spray that on your face, like if you're yeah. out, like um, and it gets too hot, and you want to like refresh up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you just spray that right on top of your makeup or on your fresh skin or whatever, and it just kind of like just taps you up and wakes you up, and it smells really good. But um, you know me, I'm into lavender, right? I pick yeah. lavender. Oh God, I'm lavender. known as a lavender yeah. queen. Um. I have so much lavender in my house because I've got so much lavender that's growing. And it's French lavender. Um, I do a lot with it. Um, You'll always know I'm there because I've always got lavender. There's lavender in my car, lavender in my bed. (laughs) I've got lavender in my clothes. I recently... (laughs) I did. You know what I did recently? I I went to the store... um, and I bought those little cheese. I bought cheesecloth, and I put lavender inside the cheesecloth and tied it and twisted it really tight. And so when I put my clothes in the dryer, I throw the little thing of lavender in there with it, and it makes your mm-hmm. clothes smell so good. Uh, yeah, all these little trick tricks you could do. You know, oh, I yeah. go from cooking to smells. I was <laughs> telling them. I was telling people that I was always using, my nose was always used for when um, we were doing aromatherapy to always pick up the notes of different things because I have a really um, very acute smelling, I could smell different things. I can pick up things like blackberry smells and lavender and my latest thing that I really love to mix is orange and vanilla. Oh, Mix orange nice. extract and vanilla extract together and smell it. It tastes. Mm. Like, it smells like a creamsicle, you know. Oh, yeah, it would. Yeah. So you take a little bit of orange oil and you mix it with a little bit of vanilla oil and you put that on your body. It mm-hmm. really smells amazing, and you could actually infuse, like I said, infusions. Drop like petals of a gardenia into the bottom of the bottle and the oil will start like that oil I sent you that had the it was jasmine rose remember all the rose petals yeah. in the bottom with the jasmine yeah, yeah. and um, honest to God you know and, and people um, you know with cooking there are edible flowers you can buy like I said I'm big on salads and big on color and presentation um, you can mm-hmm. grab um some flowers, edible flowers, and add those to your dishes. And uh, don't skimp on the spices, guys. Really invest. Spend the extra dollar or whatever it is to buy a good spice because, honestly, that will make it make it and break your dish is a spice. Yes, and everything fresh and natural. Yeah. And for everyone in the chat room, I see somebody new, the Heat Universe Live. Um, welcome to the show. And uh, if anyone missed the beginning of the show, it will be available afterwards, again, on iTunes and on demand on Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio. And make sure to tune in Friday for my Lou Reed tribute, where we're going to have um, Sylvia Reed and uh, people from Vanguard Records and Mick Rock and uh, a lot of the iconic photographers and 
Um, I didn't know this, but David Bowie produced a few of uh, Lou's albums, and um, mm. there you never know who's going to call in on my show. Like that time Johnny Depp called in, we never know. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was that funny. Was, yeah, this, it was. This is Vinny. This is Vinny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny that day. That was. But, um, yeah. So for everyone that um, ever wants to tune in to the show, I'm on every Wednesday and Friday. And once a month we do a special edition of the Indie Cafe with Spencer Drake and Judith Salvez in New York. And that's what the Lou Reed special on Friday will be. And um, really looking forward to that because from what I understand, there's quite a few iconic people that are going to be calling in themselves, and they're going to be taught. We're going to talk about what it was like to be with Lou, and live with Lou, and love Lou, and be Lou's friend, and record with Lou, and packaging. You know how particular he was on his packaging, and um, how Sylvia uh, really helped him out a lot with that, and um, and then his wife Lori. So, yeah, it's going to be. Really cool, you know. Um, Sounds fun, yeah. I'm really looking forward to Friday's show. So for mm-hmm. everyone that wants to tune in, I know Vanguard Records is doing a press release on it, and uh, it will be on this Friday at 2 o'clock on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. Special edition, the Indie Cafe, uh, Lou Reed Tribute. We're going to be featuring music from um, Joseph Arthur's new CD, that has been written up and reviewed as one of the best Lou Reed tribute CDs um, around will be featured, as well as Lou Reed's music. So there you go. Sounds think great. I, we talked, <laughs> we talked <laughs> a lot. See, you didn't want to do this show. My mom, she's so cute. She's like, oh, I just said, like, it'll be like we're on the phone, okay? But they uh, see the numbers. A million other people. <laughs> well, everyone, a lot of people that are listening, um, and I'm really disappointed. I'm just giving everybody crap. Um, I'm not really disappointed because this is really fun just having you and I. We never get time yeah. between you and I. And there goes my phone. <laughs> um, why don't you give another recipe, Mom, real quick? Okay. okay. See what I have here. Yeah, and I'm going to answer my phone. All right. Because i got to get it. But give another recipe. I will try and find one here. Oh, let's see. I'm back. Oh, <laughs> I, had well, I haven't given it yet. <laughs> I, I I had to answer that because it was an important call from um, a doctor's office. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Icebox cookies. I love Icebox cookies. Oh, my God, they're so good. But I never really understood the whole thing behind Icebox cookies. Tell me a little bit about Uh, Icebox cookies. I've heard about Icebox cake. Yeah, icebox. Um, the only thing I know is uh, way back when, before there were refrigerators, there were ice boxes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where they, the man would bring the ice in uh-huh. and put it in a thing that looked like a refrigerator. And you would stack oh, wow. all your food around it. 
tells you my that's, age, huh? No, <laughs> that's really cool. Well, anyway, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure that's why they came up with the the uh, name of it, but that's what it's called. And it's a cup of brown sugar, a cup of white sugar, a cup of shortening, half a teaspoon of salt, three eggs, a teaspoon of vanilla, the real stuff, of course, and one and a half teaspoons of soda, three and a half cups of flour, or more if needed, one half a cup of chopped nuts, two and a half cups of coconut. Um, I'm looking at my mother's <laughs> recipe in her handwriting, uh-huh. <laughs> so, which is kind of neat to see her handwriting. Uh, preparation that just says form into two or three logs, wrap in wax paper, and refrigerate overnight. That's where you get the ice box. Uh-huh. Cut into slices and place on greased cookie sheet for 8 to 10 minutes to 350 degrees, depending on your oven. And uh, evidently you just mix it all together. It doesn't look like maybe you, you know, some recipes you take the dry and mix with the wet, but evidently not in this one. So that's about, how they get the ice box. You just put it in the mac- refrigerator macaroons? Overnight. Do you have anything for macaroons? Because I love macaroons. Uh, I probably do. I've got a whole recipe box here from my mother. I've got no baked cookies. Have you ever heard of those? No. What are those? I know raw cookie dough, by the way, is dangerous now. They're uh, such a bummer. You know, I always yeah. use like a liquor, and they're saying raw cookie dough is really dangerous to eat now because they're saying mm-hmm. that um, it may be expired and the eggs or whatever, you know, yeah, you might get sick from it. Yeah, um, well, you know, whatever. I'm still going to lick the batter out of my bowl. Sorry. Well. <laughs> I'm a batter <laughs> Anyway, this is an old, this recipe's been around for a while. Uh, uh-huh. There's no eggs in it. And it's, you you look at the recipe and you wonder, how could that be good? But it is. So it's two cups of sugar, two tablespoons of cocoa, one half a teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of vanilla, three cups of oats, one half a cup of uh, milk, one stick of butter or or half a cup of butter, whichever way you want to measure it. And you mix the dry ingredients, sugar and cocoa and salt, add butter, milk and vanilla. You boil it for three minutes, no longer. You, uh, You can add peanuts if you want. And you put the oats in it and you drop on wax paper. Uh, and let it cool. And they're little blobs of like oats and cocoa, and it's just really good. Yeah, see, that's really cool when you get to... That's no-bake cookies, and it's been around, this res- I've this recipe's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you get some really good recipes. See, like I said, you get recipes handed down to you. Mm-hmm. Through generation, through generation. I mean, um, my whole thing about making black-eyed peas and ham on New Year's, um, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, it's considered good luck, and whoever finds the penny or the nickel or the dime, and I don't like mm-hmm. to do that anymore because sometimes you choke can eat, eat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it's considered good luck to whoever finds it. But um, black-eyed peas and ham, you know, black-eyed peas are really funny. You have to soak them overnight 
to like get all the um, coatings off, and I basically really like to use um, a ham that has been like you know spiced up, you know, with sugar and stuff like that, and saute it, right. and a little yeah. bit of onion, and then add the black-eyed peas and cook it with chicken stock, and um, you got black-eyed peas and ham. Um, and, you know, usually that's the only time of the year I'll eat pork. I, I don't really, like I said, I'm just like, I don't know. I think yeah, about the poor little pig, the poor little chickens, and then yeah. I start tripping out, you know, and then the food chain thing starts going in my head, and I'm like, okay, all right. But, you know, you got to kind of know that what you're eating, what you crave, you know, because it was really funny, um, I told my, I told, um, I actually was talking with my nutri- a nutritionist, and I was telling them I've been craving orange juice a lot lately, and basically they said you probably need like vitamin C or something. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> it's funny they say that um, when we did that show on the vitamins. Remember, I had the gentleman on talking about vitamins. <clears throat> he was saying that vitamin C. The good vitamin C, you're going to pay more for it because the less inexpensive vitamin C is all coming from Japan and China right now. Mm-hmm. And um, that makes a lot of sense, like, you know, if you want to go ahead and you want to find something that is a little bit more potent, you know, check out your vitamin C, check out your nutrients as we're talking about food um, here. I personally am a person that does not like to cook frozen food. I am a fresh-on, hands-on person because a lot of it loses its nutritional value. As I said, um, by the time the produce hits the markets, it's usually about three to four weeks old because you figure they're picking it, they're putting it in a, in a, in a place, cleaning it, stocking it, putting it in boxes, then putting it out to ship. Then it sits in the back of the market for maybe a day before they put it out. By the time it's out on the shelves, it's like three weeks old. Go yeah, to a we have produce living stand, in Ohio. You know? It's hard to get that, you know, get the fresh year round. I know, so. I know. That's why you're growing, growing your own tomatoes and your own exactly. herbs. Exactly. See, and pineapple's real good right now from the store. Uh, yeah. So. So you and, know. Uh, I guess I'm lucky because I'm in California and we have... Yeah, and um, most of what we get you know. is from California. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, like the strawberries. And yeah. Oh, my God. The best strawberries, and I've told you about it. And I've never had any strawberries anywhere else except these strawberries, when you bite into them or you cut them, they are red inside. They don't have that white center. Yeah. Yeah. There's a strawberry patch across the street, which I'm going to miss, but it's just so they have the best strawberries and blackberries and apricots around. And, um, you know, talk about produce and, and, and things that are really in season and stuff. Artichokes are really easy to make, too. Um, a lot of people don't know how easy an artichoke is to steam. You get that artichoke and you basically it's like a flower and I know those little prickly things are really hard you just that's why I keep a pair of cutting shears um, just for mm-hmm. cooking in the kitchen and you cut those 
little corners off and you pull it apart like a flower and clean it off really good and you put your steamer on and you mm-hmm. put your artichoke in the steamer. You don't boil your artichoke and you steam it and then you make a little sauce. And what I do is um, there's a place in um, Seal Beach that um, is very well known for their barbecued artichokes and the sauce they make. And the trick is Worcestershire. It's mayonnaise, a little bit of Worcestershire, a little bit of salt and pepper, and a little bit of lemon. And you mix that together and you dip your artichoke in that. And it's amazing. Mm. Amazing. Artichokes are super easy to make, like corn. Like barbecuing right now, like I opened up with a barbecue song. I like to barbecue my corn, and what I do is I take corn and I soak it first for about an hour in water with salt. Then I take it out, and then I take the 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 corn and I put it in tin foil. But I put a piece of butter on it, and I put terry, I put um, soy sauce on my um, on my corn because that has salt in it. It has a little bit of flavor, and then you wrap it up, and then you barbecue that. And um, when you take it out, it's, like, so good you don't even have to put salt or butter or anything like that on it. Right. You, can you also, like barbecuing. Uh, when, yeah, yeah. Also with What do you corn, barbecue? Uh, what do I barbecue? Yeah. Uh, I have an indoor-type barbecue. I don't have an outdoor barbecue. I have a, mm-hmm. it's a actually, it's a crock-pot-type uh, thing. I don't even think they make them anymore, but it's really great. And... Uh, yeah, I just do steaks and stuff like that on it. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, really, you know, get into barbecuing a whole lot like you're talking about. But uh, yeah, I barbecued. I I got really adventurous and started barbecuing fish and shrimp mm-hmm. and um, vegetables on the barbecue because the kind of barbecue um, I have is got like a little like hot. It's got like a grill on it too, on the side where you can mm-hmm. actually cut up vegetables yeah, that's, and stuff like that's that. Really nice. And um, uh, you know what you can do with your easy. corn too when What's you that? not barbecue, but yeah. uh, when you boil corn, you know corn on the cob. Uh-huh. Uh huh. In the water, put butter. That way you don't have to butter it and salt it when you're. Yeah, finished. that's a really good idea. I tried that, mm-hmm. but. Um, I'm like, I really love butter, and for some reason, when I put the soy sauce on it with the butter, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, that's probably, that would be <laughs> good, too. So good. And uh, I did try, you told me about the carrots uh, in the uh, in the oven. I tried cauliflower. In oh, my God. And sprouts and Brussels yep. sprouts. And Aren't they good. yummy? You could just grab mm-hmm. them and eat them. You just mm-hmm. buy a bag of carrots, guys, from the store. You scrub them really good with a brush. You cut the green part off, and you just put them in a bowl, and you coat them with olive oil and salt and pepper mm-hmm. and put them on a plate. Put them in your oven at about 325, and you keep turning them, and they are so good. You pick them up. They're like like French fries. You pick them up, and you eat them, and they're just so good. Yeah, And I think really you good. could do that with yams, too. I think I'm going to try that with yams, but in zucchini yeah, is another really good work. one. And cauliflower, uh, you can uh, steam your cauliflower till it's, you know, almost done. And then you uh, take a potato masher and mash it a little bit, not a whole lot. And you put some butter in it and uh, Ritz crackers. That sounds really good. It is. Do you know really that you and I 
have been on the show for two hours. <laughs> wow. Can you believe it? That's what I try to tell everyone, and I'm running out of time. Um, that's the only reason I'm telling you that, um, because mm-hmm. my studio, we book it. I book it by the hour and by mm-hmm. how long I can be. Um, and I told you it was going to go really fast. Everyone says, oh, my God, what am I going to talk about in an hour? And I go, trust me, it's going to go so fast. So make sure this Friday, guys, tune in to the Indica- special edition of the Indie Cafe where we're going to be talking. Um, we're going to do a Lou Reed tribute. And, um, and then the following week, um, I'm going to be on with um, a couple really cool book authors and uh, some really cool musicians and um, some art. And uh, you can check out Red Velvet Media on Facebook and also check out Cooking on FB on Facebook. And also cooking on fb.com, and um, I'm going to find our blog. It's there, but for some reason, somehow it is associated with a different email. But um, I don't know. But I wanted to let everyone know that um, you know, if you want to submit any kind of recipes or anything, make sure that you send it to our attention through Facebook or through Holly at cookingonfb.com. And with that, we are going to end our show. Well, thank you for having me on your show. Oh, please. Are you kidding? And it's like talking. Uh, it's like we always talk. Um, you're special I wanna... and you're a wonderful daughter. Oh, Mom, thanks. Yeah, it's, um, I have a few challenges right now, but I'm making it. I'm going, mm-hmm. I'm getting You'll there. You'll be fine. You'll be yep. fine. And um, for everyone listening, um, if you do want to listen to the show again, which I'm going to, um, you will want to listen to it on iTunes and also on Red Velvet Media on demand afterwards. And make sure to check out Friday's show. It's going to be super cool. You never know who's going to call in. All I know is Mick Rock's calling in and um, uh, Sylvia Reed and uh, Spencer and Judith and... um, some other really great people that um, I've done work with, but I just don't want to give it away until I know that everybody's going to be calling in. Like I said, you never know who's going to call in. And with that, I am going to end the show with a song from one of the movies that I like about cooking, which is Chocolat. That was a good movie, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So here we go. And, you know, you didn't even get me on my French cooking. Everybody knows I love French cooking. I am a French cooking connoisseur, and we will have to do a whole other show about French cooking. That would be good. I love French food. so I am an expert. But um, with that, Mom, I love you. Thank you for being here. And for everyone, have a beautiful Wednesday. And um, wherever you are, enjoy it. Summer's here. And uh, be experiment a little bit. Get in the kitchen. Don't be afraid, you know. Make a dessert. Creme brulee. Uh, I don't know. I'm a big dessert freak. Make a, and, and eat a cupcake today, guys. Okay? So here you guys go. And um, have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Red Velvet Media with Holly Steffi. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time.